to It Sounded Like a Good Idea at the Time, the weekly podcast that is continuing to defy odds and withstand the pandemic and <laughs> and host mental health roller coasters. My name is Caroline. And I'm Hannah. And we're so glad you joined us today. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of energy today. I'm Are really you? excited. I am, yes. I am not. I was, and then I... Oh boy. I just heated up a mug of chai that I'm hoping will, will carry me through. Um, and I know that just talking will, I, I always hit a second wind once my kids are in bed, but I am, I am bottomed out today. You know that the chai will probably like end up kicking in like when we're, Oh, when we're finished a (laughs) hundred. Um, so I will just have to carry both of us through energetically. As always, there you are picking it up. <laughs> yes, exactly. As always, I am the one which I know people rely on for uh, the mood setting. <laughs> well, my hope is that it will hit then so I can edit and then uh, be all clear to just listen to us back on Wednesday. Right. Do you listen to us back all the time? I do because I'm a devoted fan. Oh, I never, I never do. I wondered if you had listened to an episode at all. (laughs) Well, when I was doing the recording, I was like, I can't listen to this. I'm sorry, the editing. I was like, I can't listen to this again. And then now I just... I don't, don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't listen to podcast. Like I don't, I know that is have hardly any time. Yeah. So. I, you know, and you know, I think we've talked about this before, but as much as obviously I enjoy podcasts, hence holding a mic in my hand. Um, I have had, it has not been my vibe to listen to anything. Like I listened to right. some episodes of the office ladies this weekend while I was up late cooking. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, I'm like nothing. I, I don't care about anybody's content at all yeah exactly it's i don't care about i i was obsessed with npr for a while yeah um i haven't been listening to them i have like the only thing i listen to is music and then like if i can be in the car it's only for like 10 ish minutes at a time max because right. i yeah. just am not going anywhere so i'm like what what would even be the point of getting into something for 10 minutes that's like the intro yeah that's and, true you know i so, was walking a ton the summer and fall and so i was right. listening to like one episode a walk you know they would take me 45 right. to 60 minutes now i'm writing peloton and doing those classes so that's out i'm never alone right and and i'm just doing classes too talking. usually yeah yeah, right. yeah you have right. been i just don't need i want to do music or an audiobook um I was telling you and our combined Amy okay. that I am <laughs> reading this book called The Only Good Indians. Yes. Um, and I will look up the author. I, I have been excited to read it. And it was one that got... Um, it was on a list that I sent to someone else recently. Um, re the podcast. Someone had said something about books. So I... It was one that like there was like a BuzzFeed list of books that you should listen to an audiobook. Um, the Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And I had no idea what to think going into it. I, I think it, I guess I would kind of call it a mis it's a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. A little bit of a thriller, but it is so interesting. I don't know that you would like it, but okay. I also think you should read it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm like That's maybe you'd like it. Um it's not remotely like anything I've ever read before. So that's why I'm having like such a hard time pegging it. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, our that same Amy recommended um, Beneath the Scarlet Sky and yes. she raved about it. And I don't know if it's just that I'm in a in a mood that isn't it, that does not need to be complimented by more heaviness, which is right. probably it. But many people, including Amy, have raved about this book. Um, it's a World War Two fictionalized true story um, of somebody who helped um, 
Jews flee Italy um, during World War II. And it's very interesting. I have listened to some of it on audiobook because I think that that will help me kind of plow through uh-huh. it. But it's just not one that I've been interested in picking up. But it's one that I do think is an important read. Well, I'm definitely I it, as soon as she recommended that, I I think it was on a deal on Kindle. So I went ahead and grabbed it because um, I could not find it at our library on Kindle. Yeah. So Well, again, our library <laughs> seems to really be letting us down. <laughs> it really is. But I think the reason because this book is a bit heavy, too. Well, I'm going to say it's pretty heavy. The only good Indians. I think the reason that it isn't that same feeling for me is because it is so far outside the spectrum of, I don't know possibility for me like it's a whole different reality like a lot of it is that that there's a big part of it that for me is educational as a white woman learning about a little bit about life on an indian reservation um this specific one in general so that's different so i think there's that educational part of it and then like the drama and the mystery that all unfolds is so out there that it's not like I don't know. It, it's not, it's not in this, in the same vein of like a head, like it's not heavy as much as it's like, Whoa, I need to think about this for yeah, a little while. Like it, there's some gruesome parts, but not in, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting. I'm I'm just like, I cannot even, I can barely peg this book. I don't, I'm, I'm almost finished. It's not too long. It's only about six and a half hours on audible on okay. an audiobook, which yeah. is short for an audiobook. I feel. Well, that seems interesting i mean it's like worth checking out um, um well speaking of other things that you have watched or read that you enjoy i do have some yeah. breaking news for you um no, our friend chris i, I know it's our friend chris texted me um <laughs> right before we started recording and asked me to tell you on the podcast that oh, no. she does not like bridgerton Oh, she's already talked to me about this. <laughs> she's very right upset without it. it. She won't come right out and say it, but she I've told her, I'm like, Chris, I love discussing differing perspectives. <laughs> this is not offensive to me. It is. And she's I, like, I just that. really she's like, I really need you to let Hannah know that I finished it and I do not like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she and I were texting all through it. And see, the thing is, like, I truly love tension building. Like, she hated that. Like there's from the first episode, like, you know, you know, I mean, how many episodes did you get in? I have not. Yeah. I've not watched more than what I started. So like a, an episode and a half. Okay. Well, we had at least one request to discuss it. So that's going to be on you to fulfill that. (laughs) No, we'll need a guest host host and I will sit alone and drink chai uh, because (laughs) I probably won't finish it. I'm sorry to say. Oh, it's, there's just so much tension. I love that. Like, I love that. Like, will they, won't they, how's this going to work out? to benefit everyone. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I love that. She she hated that. Everything she was texting me, I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, she, also, she also brought up that uh, Daphne, the main uh-huh. character, has a face much like Emily Van Camp's Deering Revenge that what? always seems like she... I love the show Revenge, but she was oh, saying yeah, that she a while. could only watch it like a little bit at a time because she had this like constant expression that I defined as like smelling something really bad, like smelling a bad fart, I guess is what I asked Chris. And she felt like Daphne often has that face as well. And couldn't hang. She was like, well, I just, I don't like part it. about this is that I texted Chris privately and told her that she and I should bully you into finishing it. <laughs> and I feel as though she played me. Yeah, things have turned <laughs> out exactly how I would like. So I am, <laughs> yeah. I am ready to whistle down. So this is upsetting. 
<laughs> I am um, Andrews and I will apologize for nothing. Right. Right. Um, that's fair. Anyway, so upsetting turn of events for me, basically all around, but I'm very psyched for season two. I, I loved it. I read, um, I have had a, you know what? The one, the one thing I am very proud of myself for in, 2021 i have read so many books already yes yes read like six books now to be fair three of them were bridgerton one through three oh so those are the books okay yeah i read them there was like a deal on that too it was like all three of the books for like a couple dollars okay um for three of the, the first three those are like you can easily read them in 24 hours and if you right. don't have your kids around you can probably read them in like one sitting um and so it was interesting to me to see a book being taken so differently in a, such a different direction than the, a show being taken in such a different direction than the book. Which and, they even um, said kind of off the bat, right? Like, yeah, I liked, I liked it. It, yeah. it. it made it because I'm like, and in the beginning, I thought, do I even want to read this? Like, it's not. Yeah, it's I don't really usually care to do both. Like, I'll either read or watch. Um, but it was very different. And so when I read the second and third ones, I thought, I'm very excited to see what they do with these. Yeah, that's great. Um, in, I, in the shows. Yeah, I have read a lot of books. Like I was flying through them. I'm reading mm-hmm. one right now. Well, trying to get into Beneath the Scarlet Sky really slowed me down. Um, I told Amy right. that I usually am very into something by page 100. I try not to judge the first 40 pages, but then if I'm not into it by like 80 or 90, then it's not worth reading. Right. I'm really trudging through that one. Um, and I've almost given it up, but I'm also reading one called The Silence. Um, it's a companion book to another one that I've read. But it's throwing me off that they're called companion books because it's using such peripheral characters from the first one that I'm like, was I supposed to remember that person? Like, so what is that? Does that mean? So it's not like a sequel. It's not a sequel, but it's like they call it the Columbia River series. Um, so it's like if it's like a book about you and then the next book, another book could be like about your cousin. Correct. And the plots don't overlap. Right. But the plots don't overlap. So okay. it it's throwing me off a little bit because I keep thinking that they will be related. So every time a plot point happens, I'm like, oh, was that from the first book? But they're not at all really related. So I wish they just didn't call it a series, <laughs> oh, frankly. Right. But I'm liking it. It's just a slower thriller than the last few that I've read that I've told people like, you must check this one out. You have to listen right. to this one or re- yeah. I mean, read this one. Um so I'm really trying, I'm into it, but I'm slow at it. And because I was flying through them at a clip, I'm trying not to be discouraged that this one is taking me a lot longer. I know that's the tough thing. Cause then you're like, wait, at what point am I making myself do this? <laughs> I know, I'm like, I don't want to not read it. Like I'm into it, uh-huh. but do I just need to move on and say like, th- that just wasn't the one for me. Cause right. I've got some pretty good ones checked out. I think. Yeah, that is tough when you've got like, I've got a lot of good stuff on my Kindle right now because I figured out I I found like some really good deals on Cyber Monday, I think. Oh, yeah. So I've got a bunch and I keep putting off a bunch that I had checked out like on the Libby app. I love that you can say, wait, I don't want it now. (laughs) Right. Yes, I do too. I have done Um, that a couple of times now with the vanishing half, which is on everyone's must read list that it's come through, but it's come through at a time that it didn't work for me. And I'm like, okay, let me just delay it a little bit. I know. I think I want to audiobook that one. Okay. um, For whatever reason, the other 
three out of the six books that I've read were um, the Devabod trilogy, which if you're a YA fantasy, I know some of you are, um, and you haven't read this one, I definitely recommend it. it. The first one is called The City of Brass, and then the ensuing two have similar titles. And they're big books. Like, they're, it's a chunk of information. And it is set... It's a fictional... Or what is it? What is it called? Speculative fiction. Okay. Um, and it's set sometime in the 1800s in um, Cairo, which I love. So the author is a white American woman who converted to Islam many, many years ago, I, I believe. She does so much research for her books. And um, I like, <clears throat> excuse me, I like the focus on a different religion. Like it, it's very, it's not a, it's not a religious book. It's about like jinn and stuff, mm -hmm. but there are a few references. Like there's a lot of religious content. So it, it's just fascinating. It was very good. So if you're into YA fantasy, check out the Dave Abad trilogy by S.A. Chakraborty. Um, her name is Shannon, I think. That sounds great. And if you have recommendations for us, uh, let us know. I love seeing on Instagram when people recommend things, though you know that I, <laughs> I tend to have a resistance when someone recommends something to me to check yeah. it out. I'm like, mm, I just want to be I just want to be the one to find things like I sent you an article and Amy an article today from Vox about basically like why aren't we having fun or what even is fun yeah it hit the nail on the head so much but if you had sent it to me i would not have read it <laughs> which is like, <laughs> sorry i just wouldn't when i watch bridgerton i was like i'm never going to be able to talk to caroline <laughs> so sorry. i know like i know this is never going to happen for me i will <laughs> always never going to be able to commiserate about this i will always influence but never be influenced right. and i'm sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Uh, but there um, are some things to talk about. Not only that article, um, also, and we can just hit these quickly and then maybe dive in where we want to if we want to. Um, things with Army Hammer continue to unfold uh, in a very dangerous way. Um, right. And I hope that there's some justice there for his victims, um, particularly one who died by suicide over the weekend um, after being bullied online, sharing uh -huh. her story which is heartbreakingly sad. Um, and then in the happier news, um, Jojo Siwa, um, teen I, child idol, I think based on just my six-year-old, um, came out this weekend, which is really um, monumental for her, especially given where she is in her career. Yeah, I would... L I really like... when we, were ta we, we talked a little bit about this this morning and then... Um, I wish we could have stopped and recorded right then because yeah, I was I loving the conversation and I definitely want to get into more of women's sexuality in that way after the break. Um, but I think just the bravery of a 17 year old, you confirmed that she's 17, right? You, yes. I don't just know that. Yes. <laughs> um, you did, but whatever. Uh, she, the bravery of a 17 year old to come out at a time, at a time, like for someone whose whole, um, in the, in the time of cancel culture, which mm -hmm. this is not this is not a here or there anything about cancel culture or anything. In a time of cancel culture, when your entire revenue is based on the fan, like children whose parents probably are regulating their screen time or at least mm -hmm. have some control over it, I just think that is a really brave thing to do to come out, and um, I hope that it brings good things for her because if if nothing else, like. Even if even if your your religious beliefs preclude you from supporting homosexuality, mm -hmm. it is only a good thing when more people 
can influence children to not other other children. Right. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And I think not and even more, I mean, again, we talked about this a lot and a lot more heatedly when I had some more energy this morning, but um just for the representation there, because again, even if homosexuality is not something you support, which I'm I'm sorry if you don't, only because I'm sorry for you. I I understand that mindset, but I'm mm-hmm. sorry because that's just a hard place to feel trapped in and to feel threatened by. Um, and that's not at all snarky. I really am. I, I hope that there is growth that is able to take place. But um, that was really well said. Thank you. But I think what can be difficult when you believe those beliefs so strongly um, is that unintentionally you could be stifling somebody else when they reach a challenge in their life or a turning point or a milestone in their life. So, you know, I think it's safe to say that most of Jojo Siwa's fan base are young children, particularly young girls. Um, and far be it from any of us to feel as though just because there are kids, they're able to share with us when they're wrestling with a challenge. And I think we right. all know as we've grown up that most often the people that we want to open up to are not our parents. Um, for any for any number of reasons, but I think mm-hmm. that there are a lot of influences that you're be more more likely to open up to or to find solace with. So for Jojo um, to make the decision to share that at such a pivotal time for her career, um, I think is an excellent excellent use of a platform, even if what somebody is wrestling with later isn't homosexuality, but is something else, gender identification, family dynamics, you know, her whole platform, as much as she drives me crazy, and I've shared that on here, mainly her voice, and uh, there's a lot of consumerism on her channel. Um, I do love that her message of her songs and her general content is about confidence, being mm-hmm. who you are, loving everybody. And I actually watched an Instagram live um, that she did this weekend um, where she talked about that, a feeling like she is actually feeling now what she shares in her music because she has come out. And I think that's oh, an wow. important thing for kids to see is there's one thing that you can say, but it's another thing to live it. And there is hope and there is optimism and there is excitement when you can embrace what it is that is true about you. That's, that's very, that's a very good point. And I hope that that leads to only good things for her. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. So I definitely want to get into more about that topic, but just going back to those other two things. So army hammer, Ooh who just turns out to be completely awful. Yeah. Um, and still, uh, I believe in the, it, may, it might've been in the article you sent me noting that that one woman had died by suicide. Mm-hmm. He was listed as like alleged cannibal sl- or something like it. Like mm-hmm. they put cannibal first. And it's like, that's not the thing that we, unless it truly comes out that he's eaten a lot of people and they find bodies right. or something that to me is not, we are minimizing the pain of school scores of victims who are now coming forward to say the brutality that they faced as a result right. of a relationship with him. And it is so sad. And the number I there's a an Instagram account um called House of Effie um that one of his victims has been sharing very candidly. She has not made herself available to media interviews because she wants to control what she shares. Right. Um I think just in the last few hours actually she gave her email address and said, if you're interested in an interview, you may email me here, but begged people to leave that email address just as an opportunity for victims to share their stories and for media who want to run an 
an accurate article about their experiences. Um, but she has shared like the number of hateful comments that she's gotten that have likened her to a whore or a stripper or a prostitute for sharing what she shared about their sex life and about their relationship. And it's just so sad. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, it's true and gruesome victim shaming. Mm -hmm. And I also don't really understand like army hammer is not what you would call to in my opinion like a beloved household name Correct. you know yeah. like it's like no not him you know what i mean like I'm trying to think of who it seems like um i don't even want to like say the other names that come to mind it just seems like too mean to even equate them in the same sentence mm -hmm. but you know like if someone said something about uh, someone who was universally loved and found charming like a you know, tom hanks style yes yes like I was thinking Brad Pitt or George Clooney, but yes, that just seems like yeah, so right. un that seems so rude to even mention them in the same I know, sense. I know, I get um, it. But anyway, like I could see people, you know, those people, those you know, you mentioned Tom Hanks. All of these people that we're just not talking about are like universally renowned. Like, I just don't get like what who is really going to bat for Army Hammer? Like, yes, right. he's he's an actor who's like been he's had some successful. Yeah, and he's had some critical acclaim. Right. But that's he's kind of it. like yeah mediocre. like he plays the exact same character in everything he does and yeah, which is like the smug too handsome guy right exactly <laughs> exactly later really like he, also like if you tell me that he is a rapist i'm like yeah that's probably true yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly like he just has that he has the type of person that like like he reminds me of an actor version of brock turner yeah yes like that, yes that's just the vibe he puts off and yes. Also, like, especially like since his wife has evidently like known about his affairs mm -hmm. for a long time and they've been estranged, I guess. Like, so clearly this is not a secret like that. I just don't understand. Like, why are why to the point where someone committed suicide, someone is like begging people like someone is receiving so many mean comments and death threats. I just don't understand. It's such it is such a strange, strange thing that I'll never wrap my head around. And it's not just believe women, because I've shared that I think that women should also be vetted when they make accusations. But this is bigger and beyond that. This is right. You don't even have to believe that. Like they, right. there's and, proof. There's photographic they are, evidence. Right. They are sharing messages. They're sharing pictures. They're sharing all this. They're not just saying like, "Oh, a friend of mine also had this happen." It right. is like there's no doubt, and it, I have to wonder what his management team is thinking right now. You know, he um, was just let go from a movie that he was slated to film alongside J Lo, um, yeah. and. I guess the studio or his management team allowed him to say that he was stepping down in order to spend more time yeah. with his children. And it's like, you were fired. There's no question about it. There, but there's no way. Also, do not, you even know your children's names? Right, exactly. Cause he's staying in the Caymans cause his wife won't come back to the U S. Um, and it's like shame on the industry for allowing him to be able to just quit because that's, we need right. to hold people accountable. If Harvey yes. Weinstein is not, an, an example of that. Um, but then I sent this to you and it must have been right after we recorded. Um, he issued an apology and it was oh, so yes. ridiculous. So apparently on his, he has a private Instagram account um, and he shared a video from the Caymans where he said like the, the only upside of coming back to the Caymans uh, where his children are um, is to do Miss Cayman um, and is a woman on all fours and lingerie on the bed. 
and people were like, well, that's not actually Miss Cayman, as in like the, as in the beauty pageant the pageant contestant. So he issued an apology saying he was sorry for misidentifying Miss Cayman. And I'm like, that, yeah, that's, this is, this but is, that is sociopathic behavior. Yes, truly. It really is. Like, the fact that he was like, yeah, you know what? I will. I'll own up to it. Fine. I did that. I did that. I said I said it wrong. I made a joke and people didn't get that I was joking. Like, she's not Miss Cayman. Yes. Like, uh, you're a sociopath. He really is. And, you know, he's openly doing drugs and um, talking about like the good on the same video. I think um, it showed him taking a drug test so that he could spend time with his kids. And he said, as you're taking a drug test and realize that it doesn't or doesn't pick up DHT, which I Googled and it's an hallucinogenic drug. So he's saying like, great, I can still take this drug to be with my kids. It's just, it's a sad, sad, sad spiral that I do not think will end well. Um, But also again, shame on the media for bearing the lead of what's really important on behalf of these victims. Yeah. Shame on the media, shame on the corporation of Hollywood, you know, the ones that he's associated with that are is still in this day and age allowing him to like gracefully step down. Yes, like, agreed. And again, like, are you willing to go to bat for Army Hammer? Like, this, this is who you want. Yeah. Like, I'm. This is who you want to like have. Yeah, this is the hill you, you want to die on. For right, this exactly. Person. Thank you. You would make such a better show of you in 2021 if if who whichever production company it is, and I don't even know. If whichever production company it is came out and made a statement, they don't even have to like. There's like legalities, I'm sure. But especially in the shadows of me too, like to say like like, we respect the women on our cast, the women who have spoken, and will not support this until there is resolution. Because sure, maybe outside chance he's cleared. It's not going to happen, but maybe then then you come back to that. But would you not err on the side of? There are dozens of women now who are speaking out. Um, right. Interested in what his wife will end up sharing, if anything. Um, I assume it will be part of a public custody hearing that happens. Yeah. Um, but I feel for her, you know, some of the DMs I was looking at today on this House of Effie account, you know, he shared, I'm going to roofie my wife tonight so that I can come over and be with you. Oh my God. Um, and I'm like, this is dangerous, scary abusive it, to every woman involved. Yeah, it's frightening on all levels. Um, right. And I really feel for her. So yes, agreed. Her, her children. Um, it's just, it's also, it's also weird. Um, in a, in a different, in a different vein. Th- so you sent this post and I can link it in our show notes. Um, I think it made, it must've been from October if I saw that correctly, but it was from Vox and it was about fun and like, what is fun? Isn't that the title? Like, yeah, what, I think is it's fun? what is fun? And it was the most interesting thing I've read in a while. Same, because it, it was just talking about what, like, oh, so it. You sent me this after I had been telling you. First of all, I decided to stop drinking alcohol during the week because Which is good for you. Um, we'll see if it's good for me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even but just making, was making that declaration is right, I mean, right. Smart. Um, and then I was like, you know, I need something. Like, I need like an addiction. I need something to be obsessed with. Yeah. And I've already finished Bridgerton and read three books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I have given up alcohol. I have not, like, I won't be going to buy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> much <laughs> though I desire to. Much, much though I desire to. I keep thinking of, um, I'm like, what could I, okay, maybe I'll just like 
get dressed. Like I'll be obsessed with my appearance mm-hmm. or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like there's gotta be something. And I was like, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Like I have to have something right now that I can be like obsessed with. Oh, or, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this article was talking about how, um, everything that is happening right now dealing with the pandemic and with our um, restrictions on our daily lives is so out of our control that we'll like grasp at anything to feel like in control. And if we can control something like, um, or or I was talking about shopping too. I'm like, I should, I need to buy things. Yeah. That's (laughs) the thing that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, how can we improve our house? What's going to give me like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a high for a second? Like what's it going to be? Exactly. It's like one second I click purchase and I'm happy for like a few minutes and I'm like, yeah. And then it comes and you're happy again. And then (laughs) right. Exactly. Wait, I spent too much money. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's like, you always got to come down from the high. Um, but I just thought it was interesting to read and kind of educate yourself if you're feeling that way as well on why we're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Um, because it truly is like, it, there's just so much going on mentally all the time. If if you are abiding by COVID safety protocols as best as you can, mm-hmm. um, you're probably like walking this line every single day of like, well, did this decision risk my life? Did this decision risk my family's lives? Was this smart? Right. Even if it's not like, even if it's something you're like used to thinking at this point and you think it's not like stressing you out anymore. But like, yeah, it's like we've learned to live with that micro trauma, you know, like, yes, not to use the the word trauma lightly, but it is like, that's become an everyday occurrence. And you're like, oh, I understand now. Right. People like develop numbness over these things. Truly. Um, Two quotes that we toss back and forth that I just want to read a little bit of um, because I don't know. They just floored me. The one that stuck out to me, um, and this is from Michael Rucker, an organizational psychologist. And he has a book that at this time was coming out. It might already be out called The Fun Habit about the science of fun, which sounds really good. (laughs) I really want to read it. Um, He says, it's clear that we thrive when we believe we have autonomy and that autonomy has been ripped out from underneath us. And if we don't feel like we have a certain amount of control over any given situation, it causes us stress. Mm -hmm which is very unfun. And um, that just based on the whole conversation around not having any control of the situation, <laughs> but mm-hmm. still needing something. And then you sent me um, this quote, when people actually experience fun, it's coming from some sort of hedonically engaging experience that is also in some sense liberating, um, which and you said this is your compulsion to get cigarettes. Yes, <laughs> and I was like, yes. yes it is. <laughs> it's just so. It, it, I mean, it's like I, a few weeks ago, I joked like I just want to feel something. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, I was telling you today, like, and it's probably why I'm kind of like just in a lull today. Like, I have been asking myself, like, am I happy? Have I ever felt happiness? What does joy feel right. like? Like, I don't. Do I hate everything in my life? It's right. like I don't feel. Like I have a direction. I don't feel like I have, I know where, what my goal is. Right. And it's just, it's very adrift. I keep coming back yes. to that term. Like I'm just emotionally adrift and I'm like, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. <laughs> right. And then anytime someone says, you know, we say it to each other, my sister-in-law and I were just talking about this today. Anytime it's like, how's it going? We're like, eh, fine. Yeah. Like, it's it's good. I get like, fine. I get. And one of the things we're healthy and safe. So yeah, that article also says like, you know, at the beginning of all of this, basically what we were 
what we are able to experience was everything is terrible, but fear is a novelty. Mm-hmm. And then it also talks about these perverse thrills, which I think we all kind of were getting like hits of a high from yes. over the election and leading up to inauguration. And I'm, I've almost felt like a letdown from inauguration because everything right. is fine. <laughs> like there's no crazy news, which is a very good thing. Stability is right. great. Stability but, is great. But also like, we're like, okay, well now, now what, now what is right. there? Like I, there, there has been something to dread. Yes. And for this dread is different. Like right. there's an adrenaline that comes with that. And I think that we're missing the adrenaline. And like for days now I've been, I know I've been logging more time on my phone, but I'm just scrolling, like hoping to Same. see something. And I'm like, right. I don't care. Like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Just something. I know. I know. I'm like, give me uh, 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 compile more hilarious tweets. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the same time, I'm exhausted from all of that. I'm like, yeah. this is this is satisfying no part of my life, but I exactly. don't know what will. And so I'm like, I've got this handy. <laughs> so right. I might as well try the thing. That's <laughs> exactly. <convenient. laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, if any of that feels like anything you're feeling, just give give the article a read. There's a lot of good um, good information in there. And it's just, I don't know, it, it helps to feel seen. Yeah, totally. I shared it with two co-workers and they all shared their exact same experiences with that. Um, the quote that stood out to them was, I am not working efficiently, but I'm slowly never not working. And I'm like, that mm. feels like my life yes. also. There's no break. Yes. I'm just always trickling out some work, but never anything that feels productive or satisfying. Um, yeah. I mean, you're never not technically at in the office. For yes. most, most people who are working from home in some, in some way are never not working. Yes. Ever. Agreed. Well, and um, I will also say this to some of the best articles that I have read in the past few months have been Vox articles. So I do want to give them a shout out that I, the quality of their writing is always right, right there for me. Um, and they put together a post. This was maybe a couple months ago now talking about the impact of the pandemic on women in the workplace, but they presented it as a comic. Um and it oh, was so yeah. spot on. I shared quite a few of the slides on my Insta story and had a lot of fellow working moms comment on those. Um, and they, it's just a very rich publication. So I do, if you don't check out Vox, it is one that while I don't read a lot of articles, I do like. Yeah. Agreed. Well, um, maybe we should take a quick break and then dive into another conversation. Okay, just like millions of YouTube subscribers, we can't quit Jojo Siwa right now. And she's <laughs> like little girls everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um, but her coming out inspired, it wasn't an unfortunate conversation this morning, but one that challenged me a little bit um, and led to quite the flurry of text between you and I mm-hmm. and some enlightenment that I felt <laughs> towards myself and others. Um, and recovering narrow-minded people like myself. Um, <laughs> recovering narrow-minded people. I'm trying. Um, I like I, honestly, most of us are that in, at some phase. Um, it's like I, I feel like every few months I can hear like rusty hinges like squeaking open a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yes. and, I, and I like realized that this weekend when I saw um, Phenomenal, which is an account I think that you introduced me to. Um, oh, right. Yes. It's started, Mina Harris. Yes. I was going to say started by Mina Harris. Um, shared that Jojo had come out and I watched and I was just real. I was so in a weird way, like proud of myself that my first reaction was, this is amazing. This is so huge. This was great. Instead of like, "Mm, 
you know, like I think right. I would be in times past. Um and I even told you, like, I am now the biggest Jojo Siwa fangirl. Like, and you were like, let's buy all of her merch. Like, we were just really excited about it. Um, again, because at 17, s- truly risking your career for that is huge, especially when you yeah. look at like old Hollywood, like a Cary Grant who lived his life very closeted. Um, where you're like, well, this is where, is where we Grant gay? Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. But you know, he, he played it, this leading man. And so yeah. it was very much like, no, you can't. Live oh, I had no way. idea. So to me, it was like hugely exciting to see where we've come that she would come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also felt like eventually this will be a great thing to talk to the girls about. Not, And I'll share why not immediately, but this was really exciting. So right. Norbeth is a known Jojo Siwa fan. That's who she dressed up as uh, for Halloween. She wears some Jojo bows to class. Um, and she just loves Jojo and people kind of know that. And I got a text from somebody today um, this morning who said, did you see about Jojo Siwa? <clears throat> Which was interesting um, because, you know, when you get a question like that, you're like, I'm not quite sure where right. this it's, is going. It's not like, did you see about the riots? The right. right. <laughs> like we can all collectively agree on that, but this feels like maybe a trap. <laughs> yeah. So I affirmed, like, yes, I did. And the response back was so hard. And I wasn't quote, really sure. That was yeah, quote. that was a quote. Um, and I wasn't really sure what the implication was, you know, um, or the respected, the expected response. Um, right. Because I understood what the response meant, but I also didn't know exactly how far into an argument on behalf of a 17 year old YouTube sensation I was going to go, you know, at eight o'clock on a Monday morning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which challenged me a little bit of, Okay, let me share how I feel about it without um, being confrontational necessarily, because I do want to respect that some people are struggling to accept different things. Um, so ultimately, different paths on their journeys. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, I shared. I think it was very brave that she would risk sponsors and parents um, on behalf of living her content, which is authenticity, confidence, and loving other people. Um, I will, however, be monitoring her content um, for what the girls watch in the coming weeks, just to make sure that I can always have open conversation with them about it. Because I'm hopeful for Jojo's sake that she will post a coming out video on her YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. However, I don't want my four and six year old to watch that yet because it feels like there's a lot to unpack and I want to be with them and probably have them a little bit older to talk through what that means. And how that's such right. a milestone for people um, versus like having them sit on the floor of their room on an iPad and watch it and then have questions later. Right. Because the thing is to unpa- un- to unpack a, a coming out video, you have to start at the beginning and basically teach them prejudice. Oh, for not, sure. Not in a way, not in a way that's like, well, this is how most people feel. But right. I mean, you know, there's there's lots of way, and it's not true. It's not it's not most people, but you know, there are lots of ways to have that conversation. But I also fully believe that instead of going about it that way, like kids ask so many questions. I would rather do what you do very well. And anytime these kind of things come up, excuse me, kids are always talking about, well, I'm going to marry blah, blah, blah. And you know, like introducing that normalcy of like, you can marry whoever you want to marry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marry Grace, you know, or whatever, like making that a non-issue. Yes. And there's one thing to say, like, 
Mary Grace, Mary Milan, Mary whoever, because Nora Beth has been asking a lot of those questions. But it's a different thing for them to say that and to actually have the understanding of romantic love or attraction to somebody. Uh-huh. So it's easy to talk about like, yeah, marry them when you they don't have the baseline of I'm attracted to this person beyond just they're my friends, so I love them. That right. I think is an, is an important piece of the conversation instead of just being like, you can love whoever because they're going to do that at a young age. Um, so there's a piece of that understanding of attraction that I think is an important component that they don't know yet. Right. I think it's, it's totally, it's totally lost on a six year old. I mean, I like, I can remember my like first crushes and yeah. I, they were not at six. Right. For like, sure. Not, I'm, I'm not saying they were like much later, but I'm just saying, I do think that like a lot of relationship content is just like it flies over their heads. So I do think that if you were to show this video, Nora Beth would just go around being like, yeah, me too. Yeah, like I'm gay also, which right. maybe she will be or is, but right. I think that is where I think stewarding your children is really important and understanding. And if your kid is, is at a six and can understand that concept by all means, I think that she's a great person and her, her coming out, um, IG live was really lovely in what she talked about of we're all different. We're all weird. And I want it to be normal that we're all different and there isn't a normal and you can be who you are and you can love who you love. And it was just like nice, you know, and relationship stuff is the tricky stuff that I like. I don't care to monitor a lot of like, I'm very weird about what I'll monitor with my kids, but like relationship stuff, I'm just like, I don't the relationship stuff I can tell flies over, especially Milan's head right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, he doesn't like get what anything about this. So like anything, right. any sort of couple situation, I'm like, well, now I don't want him to only see that. Like, I don't want him to only see a heterosexual couple. Right. And that just be the only thing. Like, I want him to see all kinds of love or nothing. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I don't think he needs to see it right now because he doesn't, he truly doesn't get it. Yeah. It, w- it will not be a, something that he processes. Right. So it's almost a lost conversation. But the response to that response was, you know, she's so young, she might not even know yet. Um, And I, I under, I understand that line of thinking, you know, I, I do. Um, And so I just said something like in response, trying to keep it light of she's 17, but her chain smoker voice makes it hard to hear. Or hard to believe that sometimes, which sorry, Jojo, if you're listening, I just was trying to get out of a conversation. Um, but I, <laughs> I ended up like feeling not even mad, but just like, I understand that that mindset feels like they're being accepting to say right. like, see, I'm okay with this. I'm just worried that she might not be ready for this, which is, it's a little, it's just misguided enough to be dangerous, I think, uh-huh, <laughs> of uh-huh. saying like, I'm not approving of your decision because you're too young to make this decision. And this is too hard for kids to to relate to. But I, it right. just really started down this path of, ah, I just turned on my, <laughs> I was turning, uh, okay. What was Sorry. that? A robocaller was calling me. So I hit the side button twice oh, to cancel you, it. You and then my emergency, emergency call. Yeah. Oh, this scares a lot. That scared me also. Um, <laughs> Please leave that in. That was a fun little. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that that was all the conservatives going off at me talking about a lesbian preacher. <laughs> right. that, was, that was canceled. That was that, that was the church. That was the sure. church. Uh, <laughs> the church with a capital C. Um, but it led us down this conversation where I'm like. I think the biggest leap for somebody who feels like, see how accepting I'm being of your diversity on my own terms uh-huh. is that someone's sexual identity doesn't threaten your beliefs, you know? And I, I get that because for so long I was like, Ugh, I don't want my kids to have a family in their class with two dads. How am I going to describe that to my kids? And it's like, that doesn't one that hasn't happened and it doesn't matter if it does it's just a conversation but it felt like such a threat to what i believed yes. to be the value that i was taught you know what i mean yep the threat to your personal faith and your values and your family is the marketing tactic of um homophobia like yes. it, it, the fact that someone else's choice in who they consensually love as an adult um or, you know, as a, as a, as a, I don't know, two teen, I don't know. <laughs> as an emerging adult. Yeah. As an emerging adult, like that has nothing to do with anyone but them, mm-hmm. but that's just not, that's not the rhetoric at all. Yeah. Like it's like their decision is directly affecting you and your children and your, like the world is going to hell in a handbasket because we're seeing more and more of this. When in reality, this nothing about the demographic of people is changing. People are just feeling that they can actually be themselves. Um, There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I don't want to say stories. That's not, that's not what I mean. Um, What is that branch of science that studies people throughout the years? Sociology? Anthropology? Anthropology. There's a lot of anthropological accounts of different tribes. And I want to say, I specifically read about one from Hawaii, um, where like transgender people were basically revered because it was like they were like uh, gods almost like they had a foot in both worlds. Like there's just so many different accounts and there's a lot of accounts, biblical accounts, too, that people believe referred to love between people of the same sex or not the kind of love we think or love between Mm -hmm. an unmarried man and woman. Like isn't isn't that the um, like in Song of Solomon, they're not married. Correct. Um, So. There's just a lot more to the story, but yeah, yet none of it applies to my family and my relationship. Well, and it's interesting. I have been following pretty closely um, the Instagram account Sharon says so um, since the yeah, election. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's a former government teacher, or I guess a current government teacher, but. Um, who shares truly facts about the government. You have no idea what her own political affiliation is and she does not want to share it. She just shares facts like here, according to the constitution is what this actually means. But she's been sharing uh, a lot on media biases because people have been asking like, what media outlet can I consume that is actually unbiased? And she's like, there isn't one, but that doesn't mean that any of them are not telling facts. It just means that they're, is a filter through which they're looking at it, you know? So she gave the example of um, like some of the executive orders that Joe Biden is signing to overturn some of what Trump had done. And she's like, a conservative outlet would look at it this way and lay it out a certain way. A liberal outlet would um, say that it's this way, but it doesn't change that it is a true, they are both true statements. It's just the bias, you know? Um, And so I was 
thinking about that when I was thinking about this conversation. And I very much believe that the rhetoric, the rhetoric of um, homophobic conservatives or the church who feels very strongly that homosexuality is not biblical and not right is somebody like Jojo is a threat because they will indoctrinate kids into homosexuality by yeah. if we were like Jojo has a girlfriend um which interestingly Jojo said um in her account that she's not ready to label what she is yeah. um because she that. just doesn't feel ready as part of her own journey into this to say and I respected that um that she was just saying I am a member of the LGBTQ community and that's where I am right now which I thought was right. great but you know I think one certain mindset would say like, well, she's a danger because she'll convince our kids to also be gay. Um, Instead, we can also look at it as this will support a normalized sexuality of all kinds, strengthening a child's confidence in their sexuality during their most confused and vulnerable years. And I think it's the shift that feels really scary Um, because again, I know that if I showed Norbeth, uh, the coming out announcement right now, she would be like, well, I'm a lesbian also because I love Grace, right, who's right. her best friend down the street, because they're the nuances that they don't understand. But instead, I'm like, hey, here is somebody who you already love, who's just living out what they're telling you, which is to love everybody and be your truest self. And right. that feels age appropriate for right now. So I don't know. It just feels like, again, the capital C church is, and I'm not trying to, I'm truly not trying to offend churchgoers, because I also am one. But it got me thinking about how controlled and narrow diversity is when it's defined by someone who already has a narrow mindset. Like, Mm -hmm. we want to be diverse, but in these areas only, which are like a few Black people, some people of like other capabilities, and maybe a few other skin colors. And it's like the, I mean, I know you grew up in church, so I, I'm sure you can picture like the Sunday school, like watercolored, um, Jesus loves the little children pictures where it's like, uh-huh. there are a few shades of skin color and that's it, but it and doesn't, include, yeah, oh yes, obviously with white Jesus, that's no question, but, um, I still stand beside that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it also, is evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, again. It's what I know. It's who I worship. Um, but you worship white Jesus, and I stand by that. I don't know what to tell you. That's my savior. So, um, <laughs> but you realize, I think, as you get older and start to like really think about some human interest things, that like that that continues to exclude a massive number of people. Um, I don't know. It's just so alarming to me. Yeah, it really is. And the thing that I think is the hardest is, is the, that I know, because this is how I felt. I know that that feels open-minded. Like, I know that that feels like a more like, okay. And, um, diverse mindset because it feels like, well, we welcome everyone, but until you're like, until, until it's coupled with, you know, love the sinner, love the sinner, hate the sin. And therefore like deciding that someone else is lifestyle, which is harming no one is wrong and somehow affects church and, you know, then not letting them be in leadership and not letting them 
take yeah. on responsibility and well, also worked, just continuing to other them. Yeah. I worked for an organization um, who very much believed that where they were like, we're a church for everyone um, <laughs> called like uh, people in the LGBTQ community. Um, hang on. I have to, it, it was very, very offensive in its version of not being offensive, you oh, know, no. like, yes. Um, like the sexually deranged or, you know, something like in that vein where it's like, but you're welcome here. You know, like we're here for the whores. We're here for the pimps. We're here for the sexually deranged. There really was a sandwich board outside of the church that said that. And they would say like, you signed a waiver when you would come to volunteer that if you identified in the gay community, you could be a regular volunteer, but not a leader because we want to influence you just as much to free you from your sexual sin, but you certainly can't lead anybody. And I'm like, what a damaging hierarchy that we have placed on one quote unquote sin, which right. identifying who you love is not sinful. Um, but that we have made this hierarchy of because we aren't, <laughs> then we can make right. the rules for you. That is such a damaging, damaging mindset for everyone, yeah. for the person who has that mindset and the person who falls victim to it. It really is. And it, it doesn't lead to anything because the truth that I have come to believe and come to realize is that sexuality is a spectrum and mm-hmm. you probably fall somewhere on it. And that can even change during your lifetime. Yeah. Like, you know, um, is it the Kinsey scale. I think that's what the continuum is. is called. It? Yeah. I think it's I, called. I know about that. I didn't know that was what it was called. Um, yes. I, that must be it then. Hey, like, look it up. Okay. But just the fact that you have to fit like you have to fit in such a one one narrow little portion of it to be widely accepted anywhere kind of outside of it leaves you in fringe groups in a lot of different places. And because of that, uh, did you look it up? Is that it? Yeah, it is called the Kinsey scale. Kinsey scale. Okay. Um, Because of that mindset that very much is like we're normal, we're right. It, it's so it, again back to kids it's very othering to kids mm-hmm. like imagine if you are just curious imagine if you're curious about like your friend you don't right. even you can talk about it you know and it's all a constant like it's all a construct it's all something that we have decided is right like well, yes there that's, are- that's true because i feel like one experience thereby labels you, you know, we talked about even virginity in the last couple of episodes of this series that I don't know that we intended for it to be a series, but about sexuality. It's, um, our, it's your new th- uh, theme of the podcast. At this yes. Point. I'm into it. Like once you have sex, you have had sex. There is no You're going used. back. Like right. you have been sexually used. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Where it's like, okay, if you have one experience, um, exploring where you fall on that Kinsey scale, Right. You have to identify as a heterosexual or homosexual. There is no room for in between, right. um, which I think is is difficult. And I told you today that like even within the church, <laughs> barriers have been built among the church to be fragmented by the number of denominations and then a hierarchy of thought of, sure, we share salvation, but we're the most right. So therefore, right. it's like, yeah, I guess you can like be a good person and also be gay. But you'll never be as right as we are right. because you're, you're choosing this, which I'm not saying, but that is the belief. Like right. my first uh, love, maybe I would say, uh, <laughs> that I dated in high school, um, 
is gay and he wasn't out then. Um, and I was probably the only person who didn't know it. Like it was a pretty open secret. Uh-huh. Um, but when he came out in college, I found out because somebody saw him on campus. We weren't dating at the time, but he they saw him on campus um, with a guy. And I was heartbroken. Um, one, because I thought we would end up together. And two, I just felt like very much that concept that you mentioned of hate the sin, not the sinner, where I'm like, well, I would never hate him, but I hate that he's made this choice for himself. And it's like, it was right. such a misguided Totally. But I mean, it just was. You were taught that it was a choice and you were also taught like even in that regard. So you guys were not dating at this time. No, we were not. In that regard, it would seem like such a betrayal to you. Oh, for sure. Which in a perfect world, it wouldn't be like in a perfect world. You'd be like, I mean, it it would just hurt the same amount as someone who you probably still had some feelings for. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Someone else. Well, and when we when we got together, I think for coffee, like, I mean, I cried buckets. I was so upset for days um, because it felt like oh, I've lost this person. And it's a stranger to me, you know, right. and, when we, and we had stayed friendly after we weren't dating anymore. And I mean, we barely dated. I obviously felt obviously felt much more strongly for him than he felt for me. Um, <laughs> and like to me, we'd reached like third base because we held hands one time when his sister made us. But well, anyway. I hope you had protection. <laughs> I, I needed plan B afterwards. Um, But one of the things that he said when we got together after he dated one more person after me, um, a girl who had been like his lifelong best friend. Um, And what he told me when we got together was, I didn't understand why when we were seeing each other, I didn't want to kiss you. I didn't want to be physical with you um, because I should have been like as Mm. uh, by all one because I'm so hot. I Whoa. he should have been um, attracted you, to me. You were the idiot there, guy. Right, but instead <laughs> everyone of like, else. Does. <laughs> but yeah, I don't care where you fall on the Kinsey scale. You should want to go with me. But, um, My Kinsey scale looks like a self portrait. <laughs> <laughs> it's a selfie. I don't know what to tell you. It's the Caroline scale. Like, how badly do you want to do this? But um, <laughs> I was so, I was so hurt. Like, instead of listening to what he was saying, it to me was like. I was so unattracted to you that I had to choose men. You know what I mean? Like that's where, that's where I, yes, that's exactly right. And that's what I heard. Yeah. Instead of saying like, I understand that you were saying that it didn't make sense to you. And in your confusion, you were not acknowledging something that you probably already knew. Um, And he said that he would talk to his parents about it. Like, why don't I want to, like be affectionate with Caroline. And I'm sure they were thinking they knew I'm sure too. Oh, right. Um, but it's just interesting, like looking back on that version of myself who felt like I turned you to men. <laughs> but right. like, and, it, and given, given the weight that um, capital C church places on women to be the holders of all sexuality, sexual responsibility. And sexual much. Yeah, rest, exactly. Yeah. Um, that would feel so heavy for you. Like instead of it being like where you're like, Oh, okay, well this was a journey for you. And now you found out that you are not attracted to women sexually. Yeah. Um, well, I kept thinking like maybe he will decide. Like maybe this is just right. a phase in college because right. he's at a liberal school. You know, like why wouldn't like I could see you taking that at and me at a time as well taking that as like. I have now done something wrong, and then like, how are you going to go healthily into another relationship feeling well, that way? Like, if, if the you person feel somewhat responsible, or like you couldn't 
I don't know, like you, you didn't make that work. Yeah. And interestingly, the person that I dated after that was the the troublesome oh, relationship no. that I the shared last week. Like when you ate? Yes. And said that I was thinner than I dressed. And, but he was very much like, um, wanted people to know how masculine he was. Like, mm, guns was very into the, into military. He was an ROTC. Right. And like, there was no question that he was like masculine. Right. Um, and I'm sure that that appealed to me at the time. <clears throat> and I will say we did get a couple of messages after our last episode. And I want to make sure to, um, to address this as kind of an addendum to what we said when we were saying that relationships when you're young aren't damaging to the point that you would carry them into your future relationships. And I know that isn't true. A lot of people had very damaging relationships when they were young that have required a lot of work to oh, not carry sure. with you. I, I, I think when I, I, I think I said that and I for sure meant on an, on a regular scale of like you, yeah, yeah date someone and then you don't anymore (laughs) yeah not you know there is a lot of abuse and there's a lot of misuse of people Mm -hmm. in general on both from from many different sides so but it is interesting that to me that felt better than because i'm like oh well this is somebody who won't be gay basically because i was so afraid of what that meant and it felt it only like served to make me feel more threatened by homosexuality. Well, than, and you know what I mean? Yes. And that leads perfectly into this other comment that you said to me this morning, which I really wanted to make sure um, and highlight because it was such a good point. Um, you said that women continue to compromise themselves at the altar of others, even Army Hammer's conquests who may have compromised to try things like BDSM or his version of it. Mm-hmm. Because from what I understand, BDSM is a very trust trusting relationship and consensual. Um, But they had their sex and sexuality weaponized against them. And even about you were talking about how Kim Kardashian Kardashian's sex tape was weaponized against her. Yeah. And people still say that she's only successful because of that. Yes. Um, And that was just, that's was such a good point. Like everything about and everything about the story you're telling me is like, it's not about him at all. Like in your, in your mind, it was very much your like, it was a fault of yours and it was about you. Yes. Like there, there was no way for you to remove yourself from that given, yeah. given like your upbringing. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is that the weapon, the weaponization of sex, I think is something that's really important that I don't even know how to get into because it's just, it feels overarching. Of yeah, it really does. When you are taught, as we were, like not to give your virginity away, it feels like sex then becomes something, a threshold not to cross, which feels like a minefield, you know, Uh like, so is like heavy petting, LOL, or like dry (laughs) humping, is that allowed? Um, Because I don't want to step on a landmine that then therefore I've lost this title. And then somebody like Kim Kardashian was able to monetize the fame that they got from their sex tape, but she did not give her consent for that to be done. And how many people have had revenge porn or something like mm-hmm. that that weren't well, able to do what she was did. the congresswoman, Katie? Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I don't um, remember. Shoot. I can't remember her last name. She had um, revenge porn basically leaked mm-hmm. about her and then had to give up her position. And she was like a young liberal woman. I believe she was liberal, is liberal in Congress. Like, yeah, that's Katie right. Katie Hill. Isn't it Katie Hill? Yeah, I think that is right. Yeah. I'll just check. But yeah, I mean, and again, like 
yes, this kind of thing can happen to men and women. It is way more so stacked in the <laughs> favor of it won't happen to men as much. Like, right. So, well, I think just generally, like I have when we were talking about things that we've been listening to, I've only now been listening to um, Taylor Swift solely. Um, uh-huh. We haven't really gotten into her releasing two full albums <laughs> during quarantine. <laughs> right. Um, but Folklore and Evermore are two of the best things that have happened to my ears in a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but her album before that, uh, Lover, she has a song called The Man <laughs> that talks about all the things I that was be- just <laughs> listening yeah, to this we- song yesterday. Yeah, that's so right. unrelated to this whole conversation. I was just listening to that song yesterday and I'm like, I should bring this up. And I, then it left my mind. Yes. It's, I mean, she talks about, you know, how she has been maligned for her dating history, but they would say if she were a man, like that she'd explored everything before settling down, you know, like a George Clooney or, you know, all these, I don't know. It it was just, it's a great song. Um, one, because I worship her, but secondly, it is great. It's like, yeah, you're right. Like we as women are treated so differently when it comes to sex and relationships. Right. Exactly. The onus is on women to control it all. But this, this is something that, um, would have loved to bring up in a conversation about Bridgerton, but here we are. Um, <laughs> Shock, you know, shocker. <laughs> it, throughout history, and it's 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 different now, but like looking at it in such a lens as like a historical fiction drama. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a scene where light spoilers. There is a scene where one character is like kissing someone else and then realize in, in a moment of passion, just kissing them. Mm-hmm. And then later realizes, you know, having come <laughs> to her senses that she would be ruined if someone saw her. But at the same time, later on, like everyone's who knows about it is trying to say like, it wasn't your fault. He shouldn't have done that to you. So oh, there's yeah. definitely this narrative of like men can't control themselves, but also women are still responsible, even though the men can't control themselves. Well, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because we grew up with the term stumbling block and don't be a stumbling block for somebody exactly. else because if their sin is based on what you did or did not do. And, but like and they, we would be the one shamed, like it would be yeah. and not theirs because they can't help it. Like, it's, well, I'm sure that I've told you that my sophomore year health teacher was told us that date rape was a choice because you could choose ugh. not to tempt somebody with your outfit or give them the wrong ideas on a date. Um, and we were all, everyone in the class was like, I'm sorry, what? And right. he was like, yeah, like we had to list all of these things that were like genetic, outside of your control and a choice or something like that. Um, and it was like obesity, diabetes, and date rape. He Ugh. categorized his choices. And we were like, but sure. sure. Yeah, none okay. of those are oh. <laughs> None of these are yes, but I'm like, what? A, but I also was like, you know what? Like, I expect nothing different that you would you would think this, except that you're educating yeah. vulnerable teenagers. But sure, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so disappointing. And you know, just thinking of the fact that so many people went through that a similar education system of a, of any kind, and the fact that like this is still it's not even not even in a religious way. There's still so much of this kind of rhetoric out there. Mm-hmm. It really makes someone saying. That they're like, they think Jojo Siwa is brave, even though she's young. Maybe she doesn't know, like, applaudable. Right. Where it's like, well, we'll just be neutral. And I 
realize that that was such a good point. Like this could have gone, this could have gone, that conversation that you had at 8.30 AM could have gone very differently. And it, it it was like a small beacon of progress. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and that's, I think where I've landed on the um, political scale of things of, I will applaud an open-minded thought because it's right, lots yes. of little pieces of that that will create progress where it's like, there are a lot of things you don't have to agree with and that's okay. I think it's when you start to say like, there was bravery here. Okay, great. Right, that's a start right. and that's great. But I was going to say this, uh, that was a better conclusion than what I'm going to say, <laughs> that it is interesting. <laughs> um you know, I have definitely, I had a conversation with somebody this week, actually, that I was surprised by, um, who talked about how disappointed that they were that the church has not done more to speak up about disparity in racial issues uh-huh. that have come to light this week, or I mean, this past year. And I was surprised to hear them say that, but really pleased to hear them say that. Um, and I tend to group a lot of the very pro-Trump MAGA type people in this church group that have not done much to speak up about Mm -hmm. these issues or address them. Then I saw a meme that made me my blood boil because this same group will also accuse somebody like Brock Turner is a victim, Michelle or Chanel Miller for like tempting them. Uh Then I saw a meme that I think I sent you and Amy of Kaylee McNaney beside the new press secretary whose name I can't remember. Jen and it was like Pasaki. Okay. Yes. Where it was like, who which of these would you vote for? Because you know that Republican women are hotter. Yes. It was what like, it said. Clearly it was like, like liberal women are not hot. hot. And so it's like so we're valuing hotness in like a Kaylee McNamani and um Ivanka Trump category as right. saying these are hallowed women because they're hot. Um, also, though, any of you who've ever had an affair or an abortion or encouraged an abortion are excommunicated from us. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, it's very frustrating. for even for the women trapped in that cycle. Yeah, that double standard is so discouraging to me. Yeah, I agree. And that's the kind of double standard that's like, I where do you even start? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I, I truly don't. I truly don't know why a grown up can't see past that double standard or right. even like a teenager. And again, I don't think I don't think that everyone who identifies in the Republican Party feels that way. So I don't want to say that. But I do know that the account that I saw this one in was very pro MAGA. Uh-huh. Um, so that is a certain line of thinking that I will not extend to everyone in the Republican Party. But I will say um, you in the Republican Party need to be careful not to be grouped in that and maybe be more vocal that you don't agree with those things. Um, All right. And honestly, if you don't agree with those things, you need to form a new party because your party is not yeah. <laughs> what you think it is. Well, I also read a good article that I, I, you don't have to post in the show notes, but if anybody is interested in it, I'm happy to share it with you. Um, I've been following Stephanie McNeil. She's a writer for BuzzFeed News, but she covers more like not just pop culture, but influencer culture, which is a big niche that I think is really important actually right now because so much of our news and our opinions are formed by influencers. Uh And she did a deep dive into the Little Miss Patriot 
account that kind of popped up out of nowhere and I fell victim to also <laughs> this summer um, that is a <laughs> QAnon account, um, but talks about the rise of that account and how detrimental it was to so many people um, <clears throat> and how it kind of created this conspiracy. And especially um, like women and like moms, right? Yes, like, it was it? for mothers, like right. young moms um, yeah. and why so many flocked to that messaging. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, very good. And I'm happy to send it. But I think that that whole QAnon sector also accounts for a lot of this as well. So I'm blaming yeah. all of you, though. If you want to talk about QAnon, I'd love to. <laughs> and I think that's a good. <laughs> oh, you don't want to? Okay, next episode, next week, next week. <laughs> Honestly, I would love to make fun of QAnon. So there's nothing to make fun of. They have some legit okay. points. Except sure. they've all Let's talk okay. about it. I hope well, you all heard my quote fingers. <laughs> the peaceful, trans- the peaceful transfer of power that happened, as I'm sure you witnessed um, last week, right. was did I think effectively end a lot of QAnon. Apparently. Like all of their message boards were like, so we've been lied to this whole time. Like we, they're like, um, <laughs> we need to just go back to our lives. Like they were very, very, very upset. But oh, it's weird man. when you put all of your stock into Donald Trump to deliver you from anything. How right. you would end up disappointed by that? Exactly. Well, and in more positive news, besides QAnon being disappointed, um, <laughs> I believe today um, Biden signed a executive order reversing Trump's ban of transgender people serving in the military mm-hmm. um, and has signed a lot of executive orders regarding climate and a few other things. Interestingly, um, one thing I read, and I'm sure we have already talked about this, is that because Trump couldn't get like very much at all through Congress, he, everything was like executive orders. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> sharing says so. Somebody was like, is it true that one president has never signed as many executive orders as Biden has? And she was like, yes, that is true. But also like, that's how everything was done. Like he has to reverse all of these things. This right. Way because that's how right. it was done. But and I don't like wait easier than going through Congress, I guess. Like, light is, I mean, right, like, silver lining. Like this like, is our new form of government is just executive orders. But right. Do you, a monarchy. Spoilers. Did you also see like in the days following the Capitol riots, mm-hmm. Trump also quietly signed that shelters can turn away um, teens based on their sexual identity. If they suspect no. that they're transgender or queer, that they can turn them away. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, and some other things along those veins that have now also been reversed or in the process of being reversed. Um, okay. Well, I'm so glad that those things are being went, reversed. Yeah. And I hope that there wasn't damage done in that interim. But it was days. like just a show of what that administration has done of like... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much like, in the harm. Of, like, what are we going to wake up to? And even... <laughs> He even pardoned someone like during inauguration, right? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. he had he, um, it was Janine Pirro's right. husband. Yes. Um, yeah, he did it in like the 20 minutes, like the, his last 20 minutes, which right. he's allowed to do. But right. even the pardon list was interesting. And somebody on Twitter who's a reporter said this, like his um, refusal to release this list of pardons until like 2 a.m. is just everything you need to know about this administration yes. because these are very important things that you are refusing to release until the middle of the night when they will get the smallest amount of airplay. Yeah, I think I read that same reporter saying that. So at least we're on the other side of it. And again, stay on our Congress people. 
yes. this is not time to sleep. It's just time to understand. Time to exhale maybe a smidge yeah. and then exhale, inhale again. Take another breath and get back at it, but at least with some hope this time. Well, I um, think that we've maybe exhausted sex, maybe, but we did get a listener request to talk about um, generally, I, I'm calling it motherhood rage, uh, but generally like the mental I'm load breaking point of motherhood. So, oh, so maybe. Next week? Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Well, next week we might have a guest, but maybe the week after that. Okay. All right. Perfect. We will get to that soon because I could do that right now. (laughs) (laughs) The things I want to talk about include rage and sex. So what (laughs) else do you have? (laughs) I'm ready at any moment to talk about both of those things. Either of those things are both at the same time. Rage, sex sounds right up Army Hammer's. (laughs) That's who we want to be compared to. (laughs) Maybe I'll DM him and see if he'll come on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he would take whatever he can at this point. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see you next week. Yep.